When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm going to be speaking about the different types of trauma responses and how you can recognize them to help you manage them because an unmanaged trauma response keeps us stuck. I decided to do this podcast in response to a post I put up about trauma responses and we had so many incredible questions. So I decided to put all all of that together and do a podcast to help us to really understand and manage trauma responses. But just before we begin, I'm so excited about this year's mental health retreat. So every year I run a mental health conference and this year I'm calling it a mental health retreat because we need so much help with our mental health after this pandemic. Okay, we actually need help with our mental health all the time. So that's what I do. And this retreat is fantastic because I'm really going to focus on the increased anxiety that has occurred over the pandemic period. Anxiety in general and the difference between what severe extreme anxiety is and normal anxiety and how anxiety can help you. And I'm going to talk about depression and I'm going to talk about the feelings of hopelessness that have that have come about with the pandemic and also how it's affected our children and the elderly and whatever age and what can we do and how can we manage it. It's filled with a lot of practical tips. I've got fantastic guest speakers. I can tell you about one, my really special friend, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Incredible voice, but also an incredible speaker. She's going to be speaking about her new book, Checking In, and specifically about depression and how she got over depression. She had severe depression and she, how she finding the root cause of the depression helped her manage the depression. So she didn't identify as depressed, she identified as experiencing depression and once she found the root cause, how she got through it and how she managed it and how she changed her life and the lessons that she's learned, it's going to be fantastic. So this is not a conference you want to miss. If you're a medical professional, you can get CMEs and CEUs. You'll be able to see that. The link will be in the show notes. So you go to the link in the show notes, register as quickly as you can. We do have limited spots. And the early bird special is going to be ending at the end of July. And then the prices do go up. So it's filling up fast. Make sure you get your spot. And I can't wait to see you there and sign your book and hear your story. And now, just one more thing to remind you that this podcast is for educational purposes and is not for medic- is not giving medical advice. So if you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. And now... On to today's podcast. As I said, we're going to be talking about trauma and trauma responses. So I've done podcasts before on what trauma is, and I'll give you a quick recap. But I specifically want to talk about how we respond to trauma and how there are four categories of trauma responses. There's actually six. There's been two new ones that have been found for research. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to talk about the four that most people are familiar with. So there's different types of trauma. 
you get the really what we call big T trauma or just like those huge traumatic events like war and rape and terrible abuse and constantly having tremendous racist attacks, that kind of stuff. Then you get the sort of chronic traumas that are happening ongoing, like constant bullying at work or constant bullying at school, just as important to deal with. Any trauma, just because it's called big T or small T or whatever you want to call it, or complex trauma, or there's so many different ways that we refer to it, trauma is trauma. There's different degrees of trauma. Trauma needs to be managed because trauma is a distorted experience that then creates a distorted response and it impacts how we function as a human. And in order to try and deal with that trauma, we, we create coping mechanisms. So the basically re, to recognize these coping mechanisms, which we call trauma responses, is a way of seeing if you are getting stuck. Because if you're stuck, it gets, because the trauma response is, as I said, it's a coping mechanism. So you experience the trauma and you're trying to cope with this totally distorted experience in the best way that you possibly can. Your brain is doing this reordering to just try and cope. And you've got this, like, almost if you think of, of traffic signals, there's the red, green, and orange. When you have a trauma, the red light is that warning signal is flashing that there's something wrong. And we go into various different ways of coping. And a trauma response is a way of coping. Okay, so. The four different types of trauma responses are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. That's a mouthful. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Okay, so let's talk quickly before I dive into those and define them. Let's just talk quickly about the structure of an experience or the structure of trauma and what that looks like in your brain. Now, as you know, your mind is separate from your brain. If this is the very first time you're hearing me, you'll hear me talk about the mind-brain-body connection or psychoneurobiology. So mind is not the brain. The mind is separate from the brain, but it drives the brain. It powers the brain. Without the mind, the brain can do nothing and the body can do nothing. But because you're alive, your mind is in action and you are thinking, feeling, and responding, which is your mind in action, to the experiences of life. And it's like your mind is this filter that experiences the thinking, feeling, choosing processing experience of of life and that thing gets pushed into your brain as an energy force as the mind connects with the brain we get this incredibly mystical mystical magical amazing response and the brain responds electromagnetically and chemically and genetically and that experience is converted into a literal change inside of your brain because your brain is neuroplastic and you build that experience into your brain in little branches called dendrites that are made of proteins and the information of that experience are vibrating in these little proteins in these branches and these branches all group together to form a tree like a tree-like structure and that is a thought so I have got a toxic tree over here for those of you that are listening I'm holding up a wiry tree and if you want to see what it looks like you can watch this on YouTube and you'll be able to see and so this wiry looking tree represents this structure that we build in our brain in response to the trauma, in, in response to the experience. So in this case, it's a toxic tree, so it's a trauma response. So the proteins, everything still happens like I've described, but the proteins fold incorrectly and the chemical, electrical chemical balance in the actual thought tree is imbalanced and the whole processing and functionality of this is imbalanced and distorted and the root system 
all the little branches of the root system are also distorted because the root system is the actual first place that the experience builds. So as you have the experience of the trauma, it is processed through your mind into your brain, your brain responds, and the actual trauma is first built like a root system. And then there's this distorted interpretation of what you've experienced, and that then is built into these branch, the branches up top here, which is the how you are thinking, feeling, and choosing. In other words, how you are coping in response to this. So there's a reordering of the brain that's happening here because the brain is neuroplastic. So everything that you experience from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep is changing the structure of your brain. And when you have a trauma response, it's a very strong response. So this builds very quickly and it's very impactful. It's very powerful. It's very dominating, has a lot of energy. And it is, especially if the trauma is consistently repeated, it then becomes even stronger and stronger. But one huge, if you, if, let's say that you've abused maybe only once, that is enough because it's such a distorted trauma that it will actually build a very solid change inside your brain. This tree actually forms it holding all the pain and, and, the, and the detail and the emotions is all in this tree. The root part is the actual experience and then this is the coping and how you interpret that and how you think and feel and choose about yourself. And then this collectively manifests in how you show up and how you act in life, what you say, what you do, how you communicate. And this, this is distorted, so it produces distorted communications. When I talk about blood sugar, a lot of people tune out because they think it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic everybody needs to understand, and it's vital for optimal mental, brain, and physical health. So how do you maintain healthy blood sugar levels? I recommend a product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough by Bio-Optimizers. This easy-to-take supplement is the result of numerous tests to find the absolute best formula for maintaining healthy blood sugar. In fact, Bio-Optimizers went through five different formulations before landing on this one. Blood Sugar Breakthrough works safely to lower blood sugar after meals and it helps you avoid the worst effects of high blood sugar while enjoying more stable energy, mental clarity and fewer cravings. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, just go to www.bloodsugarbreakthrough.health forward slash Dr. Leaf and save 10% with the code Dr. Leaf 10 when you try Blood Sugar Breakthrough. The link and details will be in the show notes. When these aren't dealt with or aren't managed, they create predictive responses. So if this if this is a is an ongoing thing or even a one-off trauma, it, it the whole trauma response becomes a, creates what we call a predictive nature. So this wires into your brain and into your mind and into your body. So it's physically a protein tree-like structure in your brain. In your mind, it's these waves of energy and they distort it. And in your body, it's a change in your cells, specifically in your DNA. So it's in three places. And that's why when we recall a trauma, we feel that in our body. Okay, so now we these patterns are set up and they predict. So if you're in any similar type situation, then you become, you predict based on this. This guides how you view. So look at how I'm looking through it. Now I'm going to predict and respond to this trigger through the view of this. So it becomes a predictive response and you start expecting, kind of expecting bad things to happen. And this is happening very often on a non-conscious level because these are stored in the non-conscious mind, which operates 24-7, creating tremendous dysregulation 
and disturbance and brain and literal brain damage. So your body and brain and mind are trying to get rid of this. All the time trying to get rid of these things, your immune system and everything. So these predictive responses will happen and make you feel even worse and that kind of feeds back in. So unmanaged, this thing just gets out of hand. It just gets worse and worse. Okay, so that's the basic principle operating. So now let's define the different types of trauma responses. So why should you know about these trauma responses? Because awareness gives you agency. When you become aware of something and you understand it and you have more knowledge about it, you then start developing from knowledge, we get understanding, we get wisdom. And knowledge then helps us to then change our sort of um, our, our attitude towards it or our mindset towards it. So instead of feeling hopeless, we can start feeling more hopeful and then we start developing the skills to manage it. So I'm giving you the knowledge to help you get more awareness and understanding to help you get a better mindset towards it so that you feel more in control. There's no blame or anything here. It's just simply to help you to get control and then you can start developing the skill set to recognize us in future and to manage it. And the, the technique for doing all of this is called the neurocycle. So the neurocycle is a system I developed over 38 years, and it's the system for how we catch our thoughts and we deconstruct and reconstruct them. So we break the, down the wiring and we rewire them in a reconceptualized way that works for us, not against us. So it's a five-step process into which you can build all kinds of different techniques. And I write about that extensively in my in my new book, and I don't have a copy of it right where I'm sitting now, but my new book is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and you can get that wherever books are sold and on my website if you haven't yet got it. I also have the NeuroCycle app. We'll put links to all of these in the show notes, and the NeuroCycle app is amazing. I literally am giving you therapy walking through your, walking through your trauma or whatever it is that you're dealing with. Okay, so let's come back now to understand. So I'm just going to read this to you. So knowing about these trauma responses can help you see how you are responding to the trauma triggers, okay, and warning signals of how they're showing up in your life. These things, your body is rejecting, your brain is rejecting, your mind is rejecting. How do we know that? Through the warning signals. What are the warning signals? Things like our behaviors, maybe they're aggressive, our emotions, maybe we're very depressed, our mindset towards life, our perspective of life, life sucks, I can't do this, or whatever, and also the physical responses in our body. Maybe you've got increasing levels of of, of gastro issues or heart palpitations or different funny like diseases or keep getting fluey or whatever okay adrenaline you know there's adrenaline rushes and that kind of thing so when you when you understand these trauma responses then it's easier for you to reconceptualize now reconceptualize means looking at it from a different perspective you can't change what's happened to you but you can change what's in you so when we talk about reconceptualization we take the toxic tree I'm holding up a wiry tree and I'm holding up a green tree for the listeners. And you're reconceptualizing by becoming aware of the trauma through the trauma response. The trauma response is a signal, a coping signal that's telling us that something's going on. So you pay attention to the trauma response so that you're not triggered by it in the future. And you use the trauma response to deconstruct and to build it into the healthy new thought. And if you look inside the tree, what I'm doing is I'm pulling out a little piece of the tree that's a tiny little green part. And that's that painful thing that's been reconceptualized into the small little thing. It still makes you sad, but it's inside this beautiful green tree, which is the new way that you're going to be thinking. Okay, so those are the basic principles I teach all the time. So specifically with trauma, let's now talk about the different types of trauma response. So there are four, six types, but I'm going to focus on four. And as I said, they are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Okay, so the flight response can be defined as getting away from the situation as quickly as possible. So flight. 
obvious, getting away as quick as possible. The fight response can be defined as pure self-preservation. So it's fighting to just preserve yourself, to protect yourself. The freeze response can be defined as pausing instead of running. So it's overwhelming. You don't run, you get stuck, you freeze. So you either run, which is the flight, you freeze, you pause, which is the freeze response, or you fight, which is pure self-preservation. There's some kind of aggressive response. If a wild dog is cornered, they'll fight, okay? So, and then the fawn response, which you may not have heard of, can be defined as trying to keep someone happy to neutralize the threat. So you kind of compromise and people please and all that kind of stuff to neutralize the threat. So traumas are threats. So a trauma that's happened, if you've got patterns of trauma that are undealt with in our brain, when we have a new trauma, these get triggered. And when they get triggered, we res- we have a, an overarching trauma response, which is a fight, flight, freeze, or, or fawn. And or you can have a combination. It doesn't necessarily have to be one. And sometimes it changes. Sometimes it will be flight and then freeze and, and whatever, depending on the context where you're at a multitude of factors. So interesting, these four trauma responses, this is really fascinating, can also show up in a healthy way. Okay, so for example, and I'm going to go through this now, so an unhealthy fight response may be like increased aggressive behaviors. So an unhealthy fight response is where aggression is increasing. And that's not helping a situation because the more aggressive you are, is that's going to generate a negative response, obviously, from people in your environment. A healthy fight response may be setting an appropriate boundary, okay, and and to protect yourself, okay. So an unhealthy flight response, so flight now, the fleeing thing, may be to become a workaholic. So you are immersing yourself in your work to flee the trauma and not face the trauma. A healthy flight response may be to leave an unhealthy relationship. So that you're leaving this movement but it's a healthy one because you're leaving an unhealthy relationship. The workaholic is unhealthy because you're using work to flee from the issue. Okay, another example of an unhealthy flight response that just popped into my head is when people don't face their own issues, they're always trying to fix other people. So if you find yourself always, every time you've got an issue, you're always trying to fix other people, but you're not facing your own issues, that would be an unhealthy flight response. And remember, Each of these trauma responses is a way of trying to cope with the trauma. And your brain has reordered into this predictive pattern that tends to generate that coping response. Then let's talk about an unhealthy freeze response. An unhealthy freeze response may be zoning out, just completely zoning out of a conversation or out of a out of a out of a meeting or out of out of life for a few hours at a time. An unhealthy freeze response could also be brain fog, where your mind's just so like you just can't see the wood for the trees, you know, pure brain fog. A healthy freeze response, on the other hand, may be very, may be increased awareness. So you increased your awareness of whatever's going on and then you are able to, to now manage that. So that would be a healthy freeze response because you're aware, so you're kind of freezing the moment in time, but be, you're aware in terms of trying to do something about it. So awareness is you're looking at this, it's frozen in time, but you're aware to fix it, not aware to get, get stuck. So that would be a healthy freeze response. Let's freeze this in time so we can manage this. And then and let's talk about the fawn response now. An unhealthy fawn response can be excessive people pleasing. Okay, so that makes sense. Like constantly like compromising everything about your life to excessively people please 
a healthy phone response can be fairness or a compromise or agreeing to disagree where you're kind of keeping the peace, but it's actually, it may be that you're going to compromise, say, let's reach this point now in this discussion and let's revisit this again at a later point. I see your side, you see my side. So it's a healthy compromise. Okay, so let me give you some examples now of unhealthy flight responses. So some unhealthy flight responses include, so now I'm going to go back through each, okay? And I'm going to give you some more examples of unhealthy flight responses. And maybe as you relate to some of these, you could maybe just make a note while I'm talking that maybe, yes, I think I do that. I think I do that. Then we'll use that for the little exercise we're going to do at the end of this podcast. So some of the, some unhealthy flight response examples include obsessive or compulsive tendencies to keep pushing something in a conversation to try and force to get closure or obsessive compulsive type tendencies in terms of actions that you perform. Another one could be needing to stay busy all the time, that workaholic thing. Okay. Panicking, having panic attacks, constant feelings of fear, perfectionism, inability to sit still, always having to do something. Okay, so those would be examples of unhealthy flight responses. As I said, if some of these you can relate to, maybe just make a note of them. And if you think of some more while I'm writing them, I mean, while I'm saying these, write those down. Healthy flight responses, examples include being able to disengage from harmful conversations. So this is the healthy flight ones now. Okay, being able to disengage from harmful conversations. I mean, that's a great flight, healthy flight response. If the conversation's harmful and you're feeling like it's really getting to a point where you can't cope, it's to say, okay, I have to stop this conversation. I have to go. Let's pick this up later. I can't do this now. So it's a, it's a disengaging from a harmful conversation. It's leaving unhealthy relationships would be an example of a healthy flight a response, removing yourself from physical danger, properly assessing danger, those are all healthy flight responses. Okay. Then let's talk about unhealthy fight responses. So some unhealthy fight responses examples include controlling behaviors, trying to control others, trying to control situations, narcissistic tendencies. That is an unhealthy fight response where it's a, it's, and remember these are protective these are coping mechanisms so we always think of narcissism as a person you can't be narcissistic it's a tendency that you have and it's generally a coping tendency so it's a it's falls under it's a trauma type of trauma response so and it's an unhealthy fight trauma response bullying is another one conduct disorder oppositional defiance disorders things like behaviors demanding perfection from others and being very harsh when people don't provide that and being very hard on people, feelings of entitlement, those would be unhealthy fight responses. Now, what are some healthy fight responses? Examples would include things like establishing firm boundaries. So to firm boundaries that protect you, okay? It's not keeping people out. It's protecting what you can cope with in that moment. Being assertive would be a healthy fight response. Finding, finding courage to do something is a healthy fight response. Becoming a strong leader is a healthy fight response. Protecting yourself and loved ones when necessary, a healthy fight response. So these examples are, are designed to sort of help you just kind of, you know, get a feel for the stuff. Don't you just love it when your household products and foods match your home? Yes, you heard that right. Match your home. Public goods, one of my favorite ways to shop for household goods online not only makes great products that I can use every day, but everything looks clean and calming. 
no more bright colors and mismatched packaging. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Good members can buy all their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic that can truly make your house feel like a home. Public Goods is my new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. My puppies are big fans of their peanut butter cheese chews, which make training time so easy, while the rest of my family love snacking on their chocolate-covered almonds and delicious vanilla and coconut grain-free granola. I especially love that Public Goods ethically sources and develops each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives, still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. And I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you'll absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they're giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus, right now, Receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food storage wraps with your order. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com forward slash Dr. Leaf or use the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash Dr. Leaf to receive $15 off your first order. The link and details will be in the show notes. Let's talk about some unhealthy fawn responses. So we'll start with unhealthy fawn response examples. That would be things like codependent relationships, which may initially start off as a good thing where there's an initial phase of codependency when someone's in a very bad state from some like intense depression or anxiety or something. But eventually codependency needs to be changed. It needs to be, people need to become independent. And then it's more of a support system. So unhealthy codependency Staying, another one would be staying in violent relationships. When you're feeling, another one is feeling loss of self. If you feel like you're losing who you are, you don't know who you are, that's an unhealthy fawn response. Like that, another person sort of dominating you and you're kind of losing your value system and your identity. Destructive people pleasing, that is an unhealthy fawn response, destructive to you and also to the other person. It's unhealthy, but you're going to feel it most. Few or no boundaries would be unhealthy fawn responses. Just doing everything for anyone. Everyone can just do whatever they want. Being a shock absorber would be an unhealthy fawn response. I did a whole podcast on being a shock absorber. What would be healthy fawn responses? These would include things like compassion for others, compromising in a healthy way, active listening to try and understand someone else's perception and clear up a narrative, being fair in a situation, agreeing to disagree. So those would be examples of healthy fawn responses. Okay, so why am I telling you healthy versus unhealthy? Because I want you to be able to reconceptualize. So number one, you've got to be aware of what your coping mechanism trauma response is. And when you're aware of that, then you can turn it into a healthy one. So you reconceptualize it. And in, But to do that, you need to work out why you're having it in the first place. So you can kind of work on two levels at once. Once you recognize your trauma response, and you recognize the unhealthy version, then at the same time as reconceptualizing it into a healthier version, you can then, you also at the same time have to work out why you have that trauma response in the first place. In other words, what's causing it? And what keeps, what is the thing that's still there in your non-conscious mind, this toxic thought, this toxic trauma that is that is still being, still driving 
your conscious responses from the non-conscious mind because the non-conscious mind drives the conscious mind with this predictive pattern. So you're going to have to find that and deconstruct it and reconstruct it. Otherwise, you're going to keep reverting back to that unhealthy version of the trauma response. Okay, so the first step in any healing is awareness. As soon as we're aware, the, the thought then moves into our conscious mind and physically in the brain, the protein branches become weakened. So I'm holding up the toxic tree again for those that are listening and the little branches that are holding the tree together. So visualize a tree and visualize branches on a tree and visualize them becoming very weak and easily able to fall off. And maybe the tree's falling off like a tree in autumn or a really old tree and you just bump it and the, the branches are so dry that they just fall off. So that when awareness creates that, and that's wonderful because that means that you can deconstruct that and find that then leads you through the process of, of the thinking process down to the root cause and you can't change what's happened to you, but now you can reconstruct that to, what's, to make it work for you. You can change what's in you and that's where the neurocycle comes in. Okay, so we have to feel to heal. So it isn't an easy process and very often these four types of trauma responses, if they aren't managed, we get stuck. So when people feel stuck in their healing or they reach a point in healing where they feel stuck or they feel like they're not moving forward, a really great place to start is to look at the overarching trauma response and then to start unpacking that in terms of the signals and, and then unpacking it to the cause. So by coming aware of them, you understand them and you make them work for you and not against you. And when I say understand, we can never understand why someone hurt us. We can never understand what was going on in that other person's life and why they showed up. If someone traumatized you, it doesn't justify what they've done, but they've done that based on their own trauma. And that's where it's so important to deal with our trauma, because if you don't deal with your trauma, it goes in your brain, in your body, in your mind worse than before. And then it's going to manifest because it's explosive in nature. It's like a volcano and volcanoes eventually are going to explode. So if it doesn't come out, it's going to stay in. And then eventually, if you, I mean, if you don't get it out by processing it, it's then going to stay in you and explode. Okay, so you do this by switching then when we when you go through the process, you want to identify and then you want to switch from the unhealthy to the healthy response and that's reconceptualization. So then when triggered, you can choose what will work best for you to help you through the situation. So, and this will give you a sense of agency and control and you are brilliant, you're amazing. Who you are is wired for love and brilliant. So life has happened and that messes us up. And then we have these trauma responses and our brain reorders. But fortunately, our wired for love nature will win if we understand that. And how do we activate our wired for love nature is we tune into the warning signals and the trauma responses are kind of categorizing an overarching way that we are responding in the flight, flight, freeze or fawn. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way, towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com, Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So here's a little exercise that you can do. We're just going to do this very quickly to help you to now apply this information. 
So here's a quick version of the NeuroCycle. And as I said, if you want to really get into this, get my NeuroCycle app. It's amazing. We are adding so many new incredible features to it where I'm literally giving you therapy in the app every day through audio and through videos, different selection of videos, and there's lots of resources. Okay, so the first thing is we've got to prepare our brain. So when you are in a trauma response, when you're triggered and you're feeling one of these, you know, you're feeling yourself responding, being triggered, the first thing is to do a little bit of brain preparation. And And a really great thing to get you calm is to quickly visualize putting on a suit of armor. So just put on a suit of armor in your mind. And if you have to go look at a picture of a suit of armor just to get a visual, do that. And imagine putting that, so close your eyes and imagine putting on that suit of armor and then the stuff that's coming at you and triggering this, this trauma response in you that you want to fight or flight or freeze or fawn in a, an unhealthy way. You Before you handle all of that, as it starts happening, just quickly visualize yourself in the suit of armor, which will help to calm down your neurochemistry and help you to get to the point where you can visualize the stuff the, the stuff coming at you, bouncing off you. That's the point of the suit of armor. And I talk about that in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, give you detail of how to explain, how to master that as well. And so you imagine that, that do that first, put that on, that calms down the neurochemistry, and then you start the five steps, which are to gather awareness, to reflect, to write, to recheck and to develop an active reach. As I said, these are in detail in my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and my NeuroCycle app. So then you're going to gather awareness of your trauma response. So the first thing is gather awareness. What is your trauma response? So which of the four falls or combination are you in? So stand back and say, okay, I'm freezing, and I'm fawning, or I'm just freezing, or whatever. So you want to quickly put your suit of armor on, and then gather awareness of your of your response. Now reflect, why am I responding like this? And as you start asking, answering, discussing, you're going to start seeing, okay, there is a trigger. There's a trauma response. I'm holding up the toxic tree. There's something that's generating this. And I'm telling you that you need to tell yourself that because everything you do, everything you say is coming from an experience. You don't just randomly have a a fawn response. It's coming from a history, a history that is in your non-conscious that is driving you. And you want to find that. Okay, so through this five-step process, you are forcing the two sides of the brain to work together. You are forcing the conscious and the non-conscious mind to work together. You're developing your insight. You're developing your wisdom. You're activating brain energy to flow like in an amazing way that will help you learn and develop insight and increase intelligence, which will then help you dig down, find that root, reprocess it into something that works for you. As I keep saying, you can't change what's happened to you, but you can change what is how it plays out in you, how it plays out in your life. You can't change what's happened to you, but you can change what's in you. So you're changing. This is in you, in your brain, in your body, in your mind. So the toxic tree. So you want to change that. Okay. So the reflect as you progress through the five steps. I've worked out the scientific effect in the brain, and in the book I have a table that as you do each of the five steps, this is what's happening in your brain, body, and mind. You don't want to skip any of the five steps. They, they work in that order. They've been designed to work in that order to create these different levels of engagement of your mind, brain, body process so that you can function at your highest level and manage your mind and achieve a sense of peace and agency. Okay, so from the reflect, you're then going to move into writing it down. So whatever you've gathered awareness of and you have reflected on, so you, okay, I'm in the fawn response. I can see that this is happening a lot. And I think it's from something that happened somewhere because I keep having this pattern. 
you write that down. And when you write, write in the form of a meta cog. And in the book and in the app, I have explained to you exactly how, what it is. You can write in lines, but a meta cog is infinitely better. A meta cog gets you to the core of the issue. It's a way of writing in a pattern that pulls the two sides of the brain together and it pulls stuff out of your mind, non-conscious mind that you're not consciously aware of. Your mind, non-conscious mind, and your brain and body are aware of things that your conscious mind is not. They're always 10 steps ahead, a 1,000 steps ahead. So you want to get in there to find the stuff, okay? Then you're going to recheck what you've written. So you're going to write all this stuff down. It's all jumbled and mumbled, and you're going to go in at your recheck and say, okay, what am I saying? What is this coming from? How can I see this differently? Okay, that's my unhealthy fawn response. I'm doing it because of this. How can I reconceptualize this unhealthy fawn response into a healthy fawn response? Doing excessive people pleasing. It's wiping me out. I'm doing this because I think it's got something to do with never being accepted as never being feeling good enough as a child. And I've got to work through that because I am good enough. So I'm going to do a 63-day neurocycle to work to to detox this thing because you're not going to fix it in one cycle. You take 63 days to change a habit, okay? And to, to unwire this thing and rewire it and make it strong enough to impact your behavior. So you tell yourself those kind of things in the recheck. And then your active reach is the little action that you're going to do to keep you anchored in a good space to practice that. So your active reach could be, okay, I people please. When I'm triggered, it's a trauma response. It's that trauma coming from that time. And you tell yourself that little statement, write that down. So every time it happens, you tell yourself and say, that's okay, but I'm rather going to do this. And what is your healthy reconceptualized trauma response? I'm going to do this. I'm going to respond like this. And I'm doing the work to unwire that toxic tree that keeps being triggered, that keeps activating to trigger me, to tell me to fix that so that I don't do it anymore. So that's the basic five-step process. I hope this has helped you. I tell you, we have got to sort out our trauma responses. And the trauma responses, let me end with this. Trauma responses need to be sorted out because they are marvelous signals, signals telling us that there's something causing that response. So by paying attention to them, coping mechanisms are giving us insight into why we're responding like we are. And when we know why we're responding like we are, we can then change that. And then we change the response. But if we just keep on responding and we keep on carrying on in that trauma response and we don't ever change it to an un- from the unhealthy to the healthy, then we allow this toxic trauma that's, that it's originated from as a coping mechanism to stay there. And then we're listening, we're ignoring the signals from our brain, mind and body on neuro, psychoneurobiology that are telling us, hey, don't keep this. This is causing brain damage. This is increasing your vulnerability to disease. All these signals are incredibly wonderful, marvelous messengers, horrible to experience. But if you grab them and you see them in this way as a response that is telling me something, I'm, I'm not, this is not who I am. This is how I'm responding. This is a signal. This is my mind, brain, and body telling me there's something going on. I must pay attention. This is a messenger. When you do that, your neurophysiology will increase, your resilience will increase, your insight will increase, your brain functionality will increase, your brain health and body health will in- increase, and you will be able to unpack over a period of 63 days and eliminate that trauma response. Uh, I mean, that, that trauma that's causing that signal of the trauma response and move forward with more peace. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to talking to you next time. As I always, I try to respond to your needs and to the comments on social media. So all the podcasts I'm creating are coming from your response to my posts. And I'm trying to help you to understand these different things and for you to realize that you're just amazing.
At your core, you are amazing, but life happens, messes us up, but we can use your mind to direct the neuroplasticity of our brain and change how we function. We can clean up the mental mess. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.